welcome to So You Want to Talk About, a podcast where we have critical conversations in an intimate way. We're your hosts, Julian Cambry. Hey. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm excited for our topic today. Yeah, it's a good one. So welcome back to another episode of So You Want to Talk About? So you want to talk about consent. This episode, I think, is really important for us to let people know that we are speaking only from our lens, which is a heterosexual lens. Mm -hmm. And we think that everyone's voice and situation and experience is important. Um, and so we will speak, be speaking from ours today. Yeah, that's all we can do. So on the topic of consent, do you feel like you were talked about consent um, or talked to about consent rather, or like it was a conversation in your household? I, I remember when I was younger, we weren't really taught about it in school, mm -hmm. uh, in high school in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> we had sex ed, but we didn't really talk about it. Um, I remember my mom telling me very clearly that it was my body and I shouldn't do anything I was uncomfortable with mm -hmm. and that I should say no. And that's really about it. I, mm -hmm. It was very well intended and we had really great conversations and we're very close. Mm -hmm. And if something happened, I would tell her about it. That's a good relationship. Yeah. But it was, we didn't like practice it or anything. And so uh, it was just a very basic mm -hmm. lesson. What about you? Yeah. It didn't come up at all in my household between either of my parents. I know the sex talk wasn't even something that we had <laughs> ever. I should probably call them tomorrow and say, <laughs> guess what, guys? We need to have a conversation. Jake is up. <laughs> uh, but it was never discussed between family members or anything like that. And so I learned from actually from having a discussion with a friend who was telling me about a sexual experience that he'd had the night before and he mentioned he was kind of going through the story then he mentioned that he had asked her if she was comfortable before they had um continued to do anything mm -hmm. and it was such a foreign it's sad but it was such a foreign idea to me that he would do that yeah i didn't think it was a bad thing or a good thing i just didn't think i just never heard it hmm. did it make you think back or reflect on your experiences up to that point at the time, it didn't. I think I was so, again, it was such a foreign thing to me that I was kind of just thrown off a bit. So I didn't think much about how I might have made someone feel in the past. But I think a lot of the stories that have been coming out recently have made me, and, and all of us, I mean, I think a lot of men ponder, what have our experiences been like? And did we do the right thing in them? Mm -hmm. And a lot of us are going to, we can say no. So um, I think it was... I think it's the fact that now extreme cases are coming out mm -hmm. that's causing us to sort of set that as a standard of, of poor behavior mm -hmm. or inappropriate behavior. So we'll see something like a, a Harvey Weinstein and we'll say, I didn't do that. So I must be a good guy. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Right. Yeah. And I think, uh, we've kind of used the phrase, oh, they're just some bad dates. Yeah. Uh, Often. For for women, I think we do the same. I think it's a very normalized or socialized thing for our 
culture to see or read these situations mm-hmm. as as bad dates or chalk them up to a bad date. Right. Uh, there have been many times where my girlfriends and I will talk about it and we will use very coded language to indicate that we didn't like something. Right. Uh, so we'll say things like, well, he just, he didn't really like read, read the room or, right. uh, we didn't have chemistry mm-hmm. and we'll laugh off, you know, this, this thing that happened, uh, in foreplay or whatever, and we'll laugh it off as if he, you know, embarrassed himself for doing that. Right. When I think really we're telling our friends and each other and ourselves that, We didn't want that. Right. So we laugh it off as if it's okay for um, someone to to do those things without our permission. Right. Right. And it's interesting because consent isn't normally seen. It's only seen as something that happens right before sex is about to happen. Yeah. (laughs) It's seen like an in the moment thing right before, you know, all clothes are taken off. Maybe that's when you ask. It's not (laughs) often talked about in the things leading up to it, mm-hmm. or even when there's no contact. Yeah, that's definitely been my experience. There was, uh, after my mastectomy, I was dating, and I remember very clearly saying to a guy on a date mm-hmm. before, we were, we were like at dinner, and I said that I just didn't want my breast to be touched, and I explained why. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, another date later, I reiterated it and he still did it. He didn't even ask. Hmm. He, he, he just did it. And so to me, that's me saying, I'm telling you no to that. I'm not saying no to everything. I'm just saying no to that. Yeah. And then he violated that vulnerability that I had to say, I'm not okay with this. And he didn't ask if there was something else or he, he just didn't even listen. And I think that was, so difficult because uh you're trying to share what you like and what you're okay with and when someone says no to that it's just a then i did mean no to everything else because yeah at that point yeah you just disrespected me right right and didn't even take the time to listen so it is difficult i'm sure because there's so much social socialization that comes into this and men are so often socialized to take Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. It felt like yeah. he could just, he just wanted to do whatever he wanted. And felt entitled to. Definitely. Um, felt like his, your body was his. And well, that's, that's the thing. We're, we're so often told you take the new job, you take the new opportunity, whatever it is, and you're praised for it. Yeah. Like when you take it. Right. So you see these things as a good thing. And, and because you're either given something or told to take something, you don't know how to hear no. Mm-hmm. You have a really difficult time, your ego especially. The male ego is fragile already. Yeah. But you have a really difficult time when you hear the words no or you can't have this thing that you felt entitled to your whole life. Definitely. And that's, I think as women, we are also part of the socialization. So when we see mm-hmm. we see this very fragile ego, we are taught to take care of it and to be gentle and, mm-hmm. you know, soothe it (laughs) and so when we see it break we want to put it back together so an example would be if i say no 
to someone and uh, they they hear me say no and I just mean no to that thing, not to everything. Right. I say no and then they go to leave because they've been crushed and shattered and they're like, all right, fine. You must, something must be wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> then we might, because we feel like we should be worthy of their presence or of uh, being chosen by them. Right. We want to salvage this because we get our like value from being selected. And right. so because of all of these things, when they when they hear no and they leave, we think maybe let me say no to, or maybe let me say yes to something else. Right. And I've, I've done that. I've had friends do that mm-hmm. all in this desire, uh, for the guy to stay, to pick yeah. me. It's right. To feel this lucky. Yeah. I'm so lucky he selected uh, me. Right. It is a, a terrible socialization that we have also because then we're now placating into this fragility of the ego. Absolutely. And so it becomes more and more fragile. Um, and it's a great point. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not at all blaming women, but of course it, you know, the more women this happens to for one man's, uh, example or for one man's case, uh, it'll continue and continue. And then by the time he gets to the last woman, his ego's so fragile that when she says no, he's like, I can't even believe this. This is absurd. <laughs> but what we often do is we will point out something wrong in women for saying no or for rejecting us. Mm-hmm. So if a woman rejects a man, they're all, I mean, there have been guys that I know who are like, she must be a lesbian. <laughs> and I'm like, are, are you that's, insane? That has nothing to do with <laughs> that. You could just be ugly. <laughs> or she just might not want to do that. Right. She might want to do other things, but not that or not that yet. Right. And I think, I think that, you know, just like the more that it happens to a man, he becomes more fragile. I think the same is true with women. You know, when we are rejected by men, we feel like something is wrong with us. Yeah. And so when a guy projects that onto us, Mm -hmm. now we carry that burden as well. Mm -hmm. So coupled with, feeling like we should be a prize mm-hmm. uh, and feeling like something must be wrong with us for them not to pick us. It just blurs this line of um, understanding where our value comes from. Right. And there is, we are both aware of the socialization of the other um, other person. So a man is aware that women feel this mm-hmm. when they are rejected or when we reject them, something like that. And so they will play into it. Yeah. Then it's like, it's so devious, definitely a manipulation. Right. And I think that's where, because it's so embedded in the way we are socialized, it's to me, it's so key. Just like you and I never had this conversation in school Mm -hmm. or at a younger age. To me, it's really important that we talk about it in terms of just young children and entering space. You know, if we discuss this at such a young age, maybe it will combat and address the socialization so that we're socialized differently. Because for me to change it, in my mind, takes so much work to reframe years and years and years of situations and learning. Right. Yeah. And you said it 
really well there when you said consent is just entering someone's space. So the more we learn to say, I don't want you in my space outside of sexual contact, even outside of physical contact, definitely just saying, I don't want you around me. Mm -hmm. Um, you become more emboldened to say that in a situation that might call for it with higher stakes. Right. So for example, if we talked with children about it, just simply, can I give you a hug? Uh, and then them being able to say yes and no to that, or can I give you a handshake or mm -hmm. any time that you enter someone's space and you're asking for permission, um, it makes the relationship stronger, but it also lets young children practice hearing no, like you said, and also saying it. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. It goes back to, I remember when my mom said, you can say no. Right. Just because I knew logically that I could say right. no in practice. It's hard to do. Super hard. It's so vulnerable. And like you said, it goes back to the socialization of, of feeling like this moment, I'm going to ruin this moment Definitely. if I say no. Right. So I better be uncomfortable and allow this to happen. Yeah. And with, with young children, um, you know, they're so young that they don't know any different. And so yeah. when you practice with them, this is just a normal thing. You just ask for mm -hmm. permission. And I think that also goes to the other side of consent, which is telling people Right. Um, what you like and what you don't like, mm -hmm. making it more of a conversation and less of a permission is granted. Right. Here's this badge. You can now just do this all the time. I've right. yeah. given you the key. Right. Which is also something to be addressed as well, that just because consent is given once doesn't mean it's given every single time. Absolutely. And just because I let you enter my space. Uh, so back to my that dating story, just because I allowed you to enter my space doesn't mean that I'm saying yes to everything. You can't take up my entire space. Yeah, you can't. Mm -hmm. You can't touch anything you want. You still need, you know, permission. Yeah. So I, I think you made a good point, which was learning how to give it and to receive it. Mm -hmm. Because inherently, the more you have these conversations as a child or with children, they will learn how to say, no, I don't want you in my space. But also when someone says no to them, they'll feel comfortable with it. Because they've said no to a bunch of people. Absolutely. And and like you said, it doesn't have to be sexual consent. We do it all the time. We ask right. for permission frequently. We just don't see it that way. Right. And so if we destigmatize this, it will be more normalized, more socialized, and less of a, I don't know, breaking of an ego. Yeah. Because it's not, it's still intimate, but it's not so intimate or so such a personal um like dig at someone right because we do it to everybody exactly yeah and to be honest it's we need to get rid of or sort of eradicate the notion that it ruins this moment definitely right before you're about to have sex it ruins the moment to ask someone if they want to do this i mean right. <laughs> that's such a ridiculous thing it's but something that feels a lot like men have interjected into society just to continue to have their egos fragile. I, I would agree with that. And and I remember buying into that at one point too. Like, yeah, it does ruin a moment when I would actually argue the opposite now. Absolutely. It, I think it makes the moment more intimate when you mm -hmm. are telling someone that you, what you like or um, what you don't like. Mm -hmm. It just makes you both are putting yourself out there and being more vulnerable. In a, in a space and in circumstances that are already vulnerable. So you're just making a safer space for you guys to connect more intimately. Yeah. So it'll be better sex. Definitely. If, if that's even what you're trying to do, it doesn't have to be sex. Right. But if you are in consent in that, uh, in that way, it'll be better. So it really needs to become 
destigmatized and a conversation mm -hmm. between you two. So again, going back to not just being one time that you're asking, but a back and forth of, I like this, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. What do you like? <laughs> right. Yep. It's a very uh, simple conversation, but it is hard and it takes practice. Yeah. So mm -hmm. in that spirit, I think it, we would kind of challenge people to examine the ways that they've given or received consent mm -hmm. um, and sort of reflect on their past experiences. Yeah, what just thinking of your last couple intimate moments, did you, was consent given? Was there a conversation about it? Mm -hmm. And and if there was, how was it received? And how did you give it? And then you'll help, it'll help you learn yourself. You might learn that you don't like to give it in a certain way. Sometimes you may have to give it in a very firm way, but you might not like that. So if you make it a conversation from the very beginning, it'll be easier to have a softer landing for it. Definitely. And maybe on that note, I would suggest practicing with someone, mm -hmm. a friend, someone that you feel safe with, because especially as women uh, in a heterosexual relationship or in a dating space, we are oftentimes, uh, we can feel unsafe in those ways physically. Right. And so practicing with someone might make it easier for you to do in a moment where you don't feel safe because you've practiced it enough. You feel sure of yourself. Right. And in the same with men, we need to figure out, or it's difficult to practice how to hear no, but <laughs> it is something that we need to sort of step up and, and understand how to do for the sake of the women as well in a heterosexual relationship. So um, kind of think about how you'll ask in the future and how you'll give it in the future because it's an important thing and it's not something that you want to um, quote unquote, ruin a moment with if you do it the wrong way. And you don't want to harm, harm someone because you chose not to ask. Most important. Thanks for joining us in another episode of So You Want to Talk About. We hope we got you talking about it. Below, we linked an article called The Female Price of Male Pleasure. It's something that Julie and I discussed on our first date. Um, there's a lot of in it that resonated with us and can cause a lot of conversations to be started. So we recommend just checking it out and having those conversations with your friends and family if you can. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.